Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on this episode, we are doing the 22nd Oscar Best Picture winner, All the King's Men. All the King's Men is a 1949 American film noir written, produced, and directed by Robert Rawson. It is based on the novel by the same name, written by Robert Penn Warren, and it follows the rise of politician Willie Stark in the 1930s American South. Um, I'm not sure I would call it a film noir. I agree with you. I think it has the right setup to and be a right film noir. visuals and places. In places. some places. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure that I would personally classify it as a film noir. I think the story has the potential to be, mm-hmm. but I just, I wasn't getting that vibe personally. Um, it stars Broderick Crawford as Willie Stark mm-hmm. and John Ireland as Jack Burden, a reporter turned Willie's sort of right-hand man. And then the role of Willie Stark, I thought this was interesting, was actually originally offered to John Wayne, which I'm not sure I quite see. But John Wayne turned it down because he thought it was like the story was unpatriotic, which I think is kind of <laughs> stupid because I I think in and of itself kind of some some of the main ideas behind it are very interesting. Uh-huh. Um, others, we'll, we'll get into it. Well, yeah. Um, but anyway. was not a fan of the book. So. N- no, I guess. Yeah. Full disclosure. <laughs> like. I did have to read the book in high school and was not a fan of it. Um at the time, I thought maybe it was because previously in that English class, we had read Catch-22 and Grendel, which turned out to be like two of my favorite books. So I was mm. like, oh, maybe it suffers in comparison. But after seeing the movie, I'm like, I don't think my opinions about the book likely would have changed with a rereading. Yeah, and I don't plan to read it. So yeah. after watching, anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But then uh, Broderick actually ended up beating Wayne out for the Best Actor Oscar that year. Oh, that's really Yeah, fun. so a little bit of irony there. <laughs> to date, it is the last Best Picture based on a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. So that is, doesn't mean that like other movies based on Pulitzer Prize winners haven't been made. It's just the last one to win Best Picture. Oh, okay. Because I, I was yeah. like, I Kill a Mockingbird? That was exactly like... the one I thought of when I read the <laughs> sentence, and then I remembered To Kill a Mockingbird didn't win. Oh, well, when we so get sad. there, when we get there. You're going to get a rant from Maggie. <laughs> I will have a little speech prepared. Um, other awards and nominees for this movie. So Robert Rawson was nominated for Best Director but didn't win. Broderick Crawford, who played Willie Stark, was nominated and won for Best Actor. I, I could be okay Which with I that. agree with. Particularly in the scenes where he's having to give those speeches, I thought mm-hmm. he did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. Um, and those were my favorite parts of the film. I thought those were the parts that were really like filmed well, written well, executed well. Yes. Robert Rawson was also nominated for Best Screenplay. John Ireland was nominated for Best Supporting Actor but didn't win. Why the hell was he nominated? I know, right? <laughs> I don't he know if that's so the much the same his... stupid, completely expressionless face on the entire fucking I don't movie. know how much of that is him <laughs> versus the character because I remember the character of Jack from the book also being in my, as I have written in my notes, so fucking boring. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about continue, it. Um, that actually kind of pisses me yes, off. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mercedes McCambridge, who played Sadie, won for Best Supporting Actress. That also does agree not with piss that. me off. Yes. I also agree <laughs> with that. I think the two actors who won their respective categories mm-hmm. carried this film. As much as they From could. an acting standpoint, at least. Like, they what, were the standouts. Y- yes. I agree with that. 
Um, carried the film, I think, is very strong to say. <laughs> that, if I'm being that's honest. assuming that the film got carried. <laughs> it, okay, I'll, I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> um, and then the last nomination was best editing. That I I also have issues with the editing. Okay. In this. Like this is what I I really will I'll do the other nominees really quickly yeah. from that year and then let's just jump right into that editing oh, because yeah. I 100% want to get your thoughts on that because I have some background that might be pertinent. Okay. So other nominees from that year: Battleground, The Heiress, A Letter to Three Wives, and Twelve O'clock High. Okay. So I really don't care about those. I care about the film editing. Okay, let's talk about that been. film editing. <laughs> um, what this is the choppiest movie. I think I've seen in a long time that actually won. That's like my first complaint. So there it were makes many it hard. Scenes. It makes it hard to follow the characters because there's like quite mm-hmm. a few important characters and they never really get fully introduced for the most part, which it, honestly, if I hadn't read the book, I would have been like, I wouldn't know what's going on. I had to watch this movie twice. I'm sorry. Like... Well, I didn't have to. I chose to because I was traveling. And... <laughs> You're like, I did this to myself because I care about this podcast. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but but seriously, like there there are so many situations where they make oblique references to like people who have died. Like, oh, it's as if your father's still alive here in this house. And then they have a picture of a portrait. And I'm like, okay, who the hell is this man? And then all of a sudden, like 45 minutes later, we finally get introduced to so. that being Anne's father, the former governor. Like that that's one of the main things. And then the editing was so choppy in places. Like it'd be like cut, 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 cut. And it never allowed the actors time to breathe and actually deliver lines and actually give you any facial expressions. So this movie originally came in at 205 minutes because Robert uh. Rawson could not make choices as far as what to cut. 205 minutes? So I would die. I know. <laughs> so he told, I believe it was Robert Parrish, so the two, the best editing Oscars uh Robert Parrish and Al Clark were nominated. I believe it was mm-hmm. Robert Parrish who he brought in because Rawson knew it was bad. Well, you know. Yeah. Good for him. Self-awareness. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, start making choices maybe, but like whatever. <laughs> um, that is that is a big pet peeve of mine is directors who clearly could not make choices. And yeah. like, you know, it's the whole idea of like kill your darlings and like writing and directing <laughs> and editing and stuff like that. Yes. But um, he brought in Parrish and he said... I want you to go through and like whatever part of like that scene or sequence you think is the center of the scene or sequence, then cut a hundred feet beforehand and a hundred feet after, no matter what's in it. Oh and that's why God. it's such a clusterfuck of editing. And what pisses me off is that it got nominated. And then also I was reading, there was like a film critic who described it as one of those pictures that was saved by editing. And I was like, no, the editing makes it worse. Well, I think this is a perfect example of a poorly pulled off, like, adaptation of a novel. Yeah. Like, like, and I wasn't a fan of the novel, but it's not a good adaptation. No, because it's it, it's very clear for someone who has not read the novel. It's very clear to me that there's underlying stuff that we are missing. Well, and what they should have done is that when they're writing the screenplay then is go go through and decide what subplots you don't need. Exactly. And just start cutting subplots. And honestly, they and could have cut your main entire your scenes is the other thing. Yeah. So like the scene Or even when... trimmed some fat. Like right. maybe there was something. <gasps> oh, or, here. So like, okay, the so very, let's see. The very yes. first 
sequence. Oh, I think my I know God. what you're talking about. But it's in like, Kenoma City. <laughs> oh, well, the first one. And then there's the one at the end where Jack is pushing through the crowd. And I was like, we just watched him push through a crowd for like five minutes. Why but are like, we watching? And also, why were there 18, 18, I didn't count them. I'm being hyperbolic. Different montages. Yes, we will talk about oh, the overuse okay. montage. Anyway, like, sorry, we need to like gather our thoughts a little bit. I'll let yes. you finish. <laughs> yeah, I think we both have a lot of complaints about this movie. But I think the biggest problem for this movie is like, you know, despite my not lacking the source material, because I do think some of the problems with like character and stuff go back to the mm-hmm. source material. But my biggest problem with this movie is that I'm like, it is structurally unsound. It is because of that choppy editing and like clearly like he should have just like made choices in the script but then instead of having, you know, a scene that's like far too long, that's actually not telling us anything and then compressing some slightly more important things into just like a dozen different montages. Like mm-hmm. I honestly, I think we saw this from the beginning. So I like to kind of just jump into how this went down. Yeah, let's just like, go right in. We one, I really didn't like the opening montage with all of the people like running around and like seeing scenes of Willie giving a speech underneath the credits. Like, I thought that was way too busy and wasn't setting us up for anything. So, I mean, I I'm fine with it. Like, whatever. Didn't like it. Don't really care. Not a deal breaker. The thing that I did not like is how they had the setup with Jack. Yeah. In the newspaper office. And it's like, oh, you got to go cover this guy, Willie Stark. And then they both can't remember his name. And then all of a sudden they're like in Konoma. The whole thing with that is they're setting up the idea that like Willie Stark is this unknown idealistic politician. Like he's very much like a liberal populist, which in the 1930s South, you had kind of this like old guard that Mm -hmm. had so much control over like state and local government. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of very much new. He's against that. He rose up from like the poor classes and he's like going to make a difference. So th- I think that's kind of the part where the editor says or Jack asks what's so special about him that mm-hmm. I have to go cover him. And the editor says they say he's an honest man. Yeah. Which, so like, that's, that's kind of setting up in. your first sort of idea and impression of Willie, at least at the beginning of his career. Yeah, that's true. And then they cut to Konoma City and have... These... Is it a city? I think it's Kenoma County. Kenoma Township. <laughs> I have no idea. But this is where we get kind of a first taste of Willie giving a speech, which I do want to give this film some credit is in their composition of some of the medium to close up shots. Every time that they have Willie Stark played by Broderick mm-hmm. Crawford giving a speech, Broderick Crawford is one killing it. Mm-hmm. But two, that is the best camera work in the entire film like exactly. the way they shot those speeches is so good and everyone's always looking up at willie and, and they like, put you in the audience yeah with that low angle looking up at him so like, like those scenes are really cool good thing. so i don't understand why the rest of it well, struggled yeah. so much so you have the really nice composition there and then you have the these really long lingering shots of the police coming to break up his rally which Again, pointing out things that you could trim the fat of. That was the part where I'm like, why am I seeing all of this activity instead of me focusing on the guy? Like, well, on I mean, Willie himself. They're establishing again that that old guard has the control. They have that kind of infuriating meeting with the with Tiny Duffy, who like has control over Konoma. And like, I was just like, fuck this corruption. Well, and his dialogue was so stilted. I thought like, the actor did a fine job with it, but Duffy, like the scene, the was. scene went on too long. Yes. So like, I don't know. I Like we got, I think we got the point 
a lot faster yes. than it like assumed for us. But they also, I think they were trying to s- give you a better sense of the character of Tiny Duffy because he becomes part of Willie's entourage later. So I think they're trying to give you that, but because the editing is so choppy throughout the film... They gave us too much and too little is exactly what just happened. Yes, yes. That is the whole thing with this film is that they give you too much and too little. And like, I'm sure later we'll talk about the themes of this film, but I felt the same way about the themes where I was like, you're trying to give me like four different themes, but you don't actually explore any of them. Like it, the film was just like too simplistic and it relied a lot on tropes as far as characters went (laughs) in ways I did not find interesting. And, you know, initially I thought Willie was going to be really interesting because Mm -hmm. you're watching the rise of this like idealistic Mm -hmm. everyman and seeing like power corrupting him and like he's, but he's doing all of these really good things like building new schools and hospitals. Mm -hmm. But at the same time he's doing, you know, he's having affairs. And so it's the idea of like, what is the price of doing good in a corrupt system, which I'm like, oh, that's really interesting to explore. But then later on, there's a scene where I was like, no, actually, Willie's a really simple character. He's just a textbook narcissist. So I was like, it's not actually the complicated character that I wanted him to be. Like He's just a straight up narcissist and his narcissism's manifesting in wanting the adoration of the broad public base. Yeah. So I I really view Willie's character arc in this movie in two phases, and there is no transition between the two. Yeah. So you have the pre... Well, there is, Ian. It's newspaper. It's a montage. Headline montages. (laughs) So like of of the many montages, the one that I really remember is when you have Jack voicing over and talking about how it was two years after the first campaign that he saw Willie again. And talks you through how, like, he came back with a vengeance and he's taking money from all these people and there are rumors. And then after that point, that's when Willie just becomes a scumbag. Like, I saw no gradation in, like, his descent into total Yeah, corruption. like, at least show us, like, um, maybe one of those early deals. Like, show us, like, the maybe the first time he conflicted about something. Yes. Yes. Because after that point, he... he never shows any inner conflict exactly so which again is why i realized later i was like oh he's actually not this interesting character he's just a narcissist right well at least as he's presented in the 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 film i don't i i have not read the book i know you have so i'm i'm gonna suspend judgment for the time being but i'm gonna presume that there was like a little bit more development the book centers a lot more on jack interesting mm-hmm. i would not yeah i'm not reading it which is part of the um, reason i did not like it because i find the character of jack burden extremely boring yeah so i guess if we talk pre pre-corrupt willie for mm-hmm. a minute like i did i saw what they were trying to go for like in the next scene in willie's house with his wife mm-hmm. and Lucy his and his adopted son kid, his adopted son yeah please cut that part not son <laughs> what am i saying <laughs> i'm leaving it in. <laughs> like continue okay anyway and i again really liked the way they shot in that small space and had the actors staged in a way that you, you could like see everything that was going on and it just i don't know it felt like very nice and tight and clean i really did not like w- the characterization of willie in this particular scene though because he's sitting there like chowing down on a chicken leg and not paying any attention i think to anybody. it's your first hint that willie's not the great idealistic guy that he's supposed to be. Mm, I would. T- I think that's I what's supposed to be way. because, like, there is a whole bit later when we get into the second half with like corrupt Willie, mm-hmm. where it's very clear that he just he only goes to see his family for like a photo op. 
Right. And which... but I think it would have been I would have rather him be more of the family man and watch him be corrupt instead of just have to be like, oh, this guy was actually just not that great the entire time. And right. like, he, like he did great things, but he's not like, I don't know. It would have been more interesting. Yeah. The speeches that Willie gave were very well acted. But again, I, I think it was a little bit one note and you bring it up. I really <laughs> liked them. But... The, no, the speeches were good. Yeah. But like Willie across the film oh, was a character. Yeah. Yeah. And so we also get a key scene there where apparently somebody has beaten up Tom, his son, and threw something through his window. Um, like, this was another thing that I – and this happened multiple times in the editing thing I think is the issue here. There was, like, no lead up to this. And then you have the brick come through the window. Willie runs out, and there's no one there, and he's just yelling into the night, like, I'm going to run. And well, it's the whole I, thing is that, like, they had told – you know, when they were shutting down his rally, like, they're mm-hmm. basically like, you're not going to get it. You're not going to run and all right. that stuff, which is fine. But I don't think we needed them, like, beating up his son and throwing something through his window. Well, like, Or we needed to see somebody, like, running away. I don't or, think we like, needed that. I knew, See, I, I knew very clearly what happened, but I also am very aware of, like, history of politics. Right. And that that stuff was, like, very common, mm-hmm. especially at that time. Well, and I think I think it was clear enough. It just... I don't know. It fell so flat because there was no is am I just desensitized to think windows being smashed? Because I like I didn't find that to be a particularly climactic moment because I feel like, okay, put yourself in character shoes like somebody just threw a rock through your window and you know it's because they're trying not to get you to run for office. Like I thought Willie's reaction was 100 percent perfect for that thing. Like they're somebody's being violent towards his family so that he won't run for office because they want to shut down his progressive agenda yeah like his re- uh, i don't know but that makes you understand willie stark right like people are gonna tell him not to do it he's gonna come back stronger he's gonna do it. he's gonna win mm-hmm. like that's how he gets to where he is so we see that like inner fire and drive which is what i think draws a lot of the other characters to him mm-hmm. later we find out that drive is i'm going to do it no matter the cost so you see kind of this early, this inner yeah. ambition that is used for good early on and later becomes corrupted. So you're definitely right. Thank I you. just Wait, wait, wait. Can we repeat that again? I have told you you're right before. I just want you to say it again. I'm going to do a... You are right. Comp- thank you. I'm going to do a compilation of just Ian being like, you're right. I, just, uh, I don't know why I didn't think this. Maybe it was the timing in the scene. Something in that scene just didn't work for me. I, it was no, I mean, issue. the pacing like, in the whole movie is janky anyway. AF because of the editing. <laughs> like, Oh, geez. Like, I think I think the, the, the reaction of the characters is appropriate there. I just think that, like, the editing just fucked with everything. Yeah, well, or the director just didn't do a good job. I think that, um, too. <laughs> so, what um, else? Has Ross and I'm gonna while you continue to the next point, I'm gonna Google what else Ross okay. has done because I'm curious if there's anything I like. Okay, sounds good. So, in that scene, we get this like really quick interlude back at the newspaper office. Which again, I'm like, why did we keep the like? I know why we kept this scene because it was like, oh, he's an honest and good man. It zooms in on the typewriter that Jack's writing and gives us that line. Well, and I'm kind of like, we have the Jack has bought in, right? But then the editor has to come over and say, oh, you write these like you really mean it. And I'm like, do you really have to beat us over the head with this? It's like not subtle. <laughs> no. And not subtle to a point where it's obnoxious almost. And th- this happened multiple times. But um, that kind of tied up the first Willie interlude. And then we get Jack coming to uh, his family home. Anytime characters call their mom mother, it 
makes me feel nauseous. Like, it's so weird, and I hate it. <laughs> well, that sounds like a personal problem. It's often done to indicate, like, class or, like, a lack of, like, a super close relationship. You know, it's always the upper class characters is like, mother, father. And I'm like, it's mom and dad. <laughs> or mummy. Be normal. That's not as bad as mother. I cannot imagine calling my mom mother. Well, you also call your mother by her first name. I do. I call her by her nickname. <laughs> Shout out, Sanj. So, I'm uh, anyway, we... we Get a really quick introduction to Jack's mother. Yeah, I've never seen any. Sorry, <laughs> I've never seen any work of Robert Rossum's that I've seen. Like, there's not a lot that I've seen. There's nothing I like. So, and so we get this. Like, this is another thing where I don't know if it was the pacing, but I, I think it was mostly the acting in this scene that I was not on board with with Jack. So he has this like wooden expression on his face. His performance, down. John Ireland's performance, is, is flat pretty much the entire film. Well, there's ugh. a little emotion here or there, but like we don't get any real reaction from him until late in the film. Right. Well, and in the scene with his mom and his stepfather, like it's clear there's tension here, but, but it's, it's it's clear it's because it's set up little. as a trope. It's yes, like, because you it's know like know that there's supposed to the be step, tension and the stepdad that he hates because exactly. the stepdad is like cold and distant and like I guess like I would say like super like conservative and stuff like that. Like he's the one he but provides like, for his mother really well. Who's an alcoholic because she doesn't actually isn't happy in the marriage. Like no, but, she's an alcoholic because she's drinking in the middle of the day, Maggie. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> By that measure, need I remind? I was going to say, need I remind you how many times we've had mimosas while recording? <laughs> and we record usually in the morning-ish, so. morning or afternoon. So, um, yeah, definitely being but like, facetious. They're <laughs> yes, but like they're very like the mom and stepdad are super tropey his relationship with both of them is super tropey there's no nuance to it it's at the same time too much and too little because they like give you tension but don't actually explore it properly Mm -hmm. so i'm like this is boring and predictable speaking of boring and predictable may we introduce the character of ann stanton oh my god what you thought she was a character (laughs) she is She is terrible. And the performance, oh, what's the actor? I think it's Joanne Drew. Like, she was perfect. She was like it's not mild and meek and just like It's there. not a good There's nothing to her like at all. And like I didn't like the How book, but I remember her being more like. the content? So I remember her being more likable in the book, but still like wasn't a huge fan. But I think so much of it is that they just don't give her anything to do other than like. Say that she's going to wait for Jack and then not. Like, I know what she does in the... Pl- you know how you like to be, like, that character is a plot device? Anne is a plot device. Like, she has can, nothing. Okay, can you repeat that, Maggie? That's not the same <laughs> as saying you're right. I'm showing you when you should actually use the term you like to use every single I episode. I avoided saying that I on know you purpose. Did. No, but I would say that she qualifies. Like, I guess, like, she has she's there. half of a character well, arc. I don't even know if you really call it a character she arc. She doesn't because, have an arc. Because I don't even really get a sense of who she is before she gets involved with Willie. I... Exactly. And I view her as purely a thing to tie Jack to Burden's Landing and to create some tension between him and Willie. Yeah, she's she's like, purely the that thing that it. destroy that finally destroys their relationship. Exactly. So I it just 
we get this montage. <laughs> the I'm gonna weird be montage that a lot, of yes, where they're like boating and, and they went dancing. to judge and oh, I was God. like, I don't need this. Like we already established that he loves Anne because he was like I left off talking when he like left off talking with like her uncle and her brother to like run and hug her and kiss her. So like we we get it. That's all you needed. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we this whole vacation culminates in a dinner scene which i wish that they had done more with this scene because as you said there's so much complicated family dynamic going on and you can see it playing out a little bit at this dinner scene where his step jack stepfather is like challenging him on his views of willie he's growing willie's kind of growing in prominence at Mm -hmm. this point Mm -hmm. at least enough that the well-to-do burdens no exactly um and then some things about like class and being able to buy anything you want and all sorts of stuff like that comes up yeah and jack's like there are some things you can't buy which he ends up having to say to willie later yeah which i when i and i guess kind of the function of that scene too is we introduce adam stanton Anne's brother and kind of like his idealism and stuff i wish the actor playing him had been a little younger because at times I was like, you seem a little old not to have gone through something traumatic that would have left you jaded and cynical yet. Can I also point out that I did not realize that Adam was her brother until after judge commits suicide. Which happens at like the end of the film, everybody. So, wow. Were you just like, I don't know why that did you think they were like, I was just like, who is this random person? Is he her father? Damn, Ian. (laughs) So, again, to point out how there is so little context here. Like, at this point, I am almost thinking that I would have rather watched the 205-minute version of this. (laughs) Just so you knew who people were. (laughs) Like, come on. That is a low bar. (laughs) (laughs) Admittedly, I should have maybe done a little research before I watched it. But, but... (laughs) well, I don't think so, though. I think a movie... Even if it's a movie that is part of a larger series, mm-hmm. you should be able to go in blind and understand right. at least like most of the movie. And, you know, there are some things that it's like, oh, yeah, you might have only gotten that little reference if you read the books or mm-hmm. if you'd seen like this other movie set in that universe But those or are whatever. like little nods and winks. It's not, not who the main points. characters are. <laughs> but yeah. like, I know. Yeah. So I don't think that is on you. I think it's on the movie. I appreciate that. <laughs> Because I was feeling very inept the first time I watched this movie through. I was like, it's good. Well, I texted you. Like, I'm glad I'm watching this a second time. Yeah. Oh, it was not good. Not good. And I think the only redeeming thing about this next set of scenes is where you get some really nice shots of Willie and Anne. And it's, the shots are pretty to look at. And that's about it. it no, I'm not not Willie and Anne. Who am I? Ugh, I'm sorry. Jack and, and Anne. Anne where he's giving his speech about going off and eating red beans in this shack in the woods. And I'm like, okay, whatever. going to call you. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about, because we did have the one sort of, it was, I'm going to call it a sort of montage, but it was the one that I actually liked. And that is when it's like post, he had been warning people that this schoolhouse needed repair uh-huh. and they weren't going to do well, it. They weren't going to do it. And there's a tragic accident where the kids are going down a fire escape. Wait. I thought it was they didn't take the lowest bid. They took a bid up, a more expensive bid on the f- schoolhouse, and then the more expensive building failed. I forget what the exact logistics are, but basically I think whoever built the schoolhouse definitely was, like, buddies with someone on the council. Yeah, like, that's yeah, the yeah. implication is that they, like, 
they did something immoral. The person built it poorly and a bunch of kids died when the fire Uh escape collapsed. Um, And so Willie basically is like, well, a lot of other people are like, Willie told us and we didn't listen. And then Willie kind of starts riding that wave a bit. Mm -hmm. And he like sues the county because he's now studied to be an attorney and all this stuff. And so it's him and Lucy cutting paper headlines about that case and gluing it into a scrapbook. And that I actually liked because I was like, it's an interesting way to do a montage. We're getting a little bit of character interaction that they could have given us a little bit more. And we're starting to see like Willie's interest in his own myth. Mm, Okay. So like that I liked, but then I did not need the 700 other montages. Well, there literally was a montage leading into a montage. the fire, like, drill tragedy scene. Was there, I get the montages confused. I, I really do. I mean, the movie was probably 80% mo- – I'm kidding. that it's, That's hyperbolic. But it wouldn't <laughs> We've surprise me. We've been hyperbolic about it the whole time. But, like, it, I wouldn't be surprised outrageous. if it's, like, 10 to 15% of the movie is too montage, much. which is way too much. And I'm going to be honest. I, honest. I thought that headline – montage was too much even if it was inventive like it went on too long well i was fine with it and would have liked it if it had been the only one or one of like two uh yeah i'm game for that and if like maybe lucy and willie had interacted a little bit more during it we Mm -hmm. could have seen like a little bit more insight into their relationship because i get the feeling later that like willie was never actually like that like in love with lucy but lucy fell in love with him and because she was a teacher and he was like very interested in like getting educated to get ahead it Uh was like kind of convenient for him yeah things they could have done but didn't um (laughs) the story of this movie exactly so the next set of scenes is where we finally understand that some of the the folks trying to win as they put it the hick vote are like we need to find some poor sucker who is going to not ask questions and divide people up so that we can win and so that's when we finally get introduced to sadie thank god sadie is finally here love her she's a firecracker needed that so badly kills it really does um I don't know. This whole scene from there all the way to the just before the hotel scene where Willie finds out what has happened. Like, this where he finds out what has happened about what? Where, how he was set up. Like, because oh, he, he didn't gotcha. know that at first. He only knew that when Sadie's like, here, have some booze <laughs> 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 that he apparently never touches. Well, he um, starts off the movie as not drinking. Correct. And, and then Sadie ends well, the movie as a drunk. Very drinking. Um, and so I, this whole set of, it was like a macro montage. Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense. Micro of, montage? Macro. Macro, okay. So instead of lots of little scenes, it was a bunch of medium scenes <laughs> <laughs> where it, it shows him on a train, like giving speeches, giving horrible speeches repeatedly. And I'm debating how effective I thought that whole sequence was. And in the sense that we were able to get the impression that he gave really horrible speeches repeatedly, I think it was effective there. And maybe I can cut them some or slack about that. Or maybe just that, like, no one's listening. And then Sadie gets him hammered. He goes half still drunk, half hungover to give that uh-huh. one speech and blows it out of the water. Thank God he finally blew a speech out of when the water. Because what this country needs angry. is a solid tax plan. Oh, 
my god. What's the idea where he's like, <laughs> I wrote this speech, but like I like that's not what you want to hear. You don't hear my speech. Like you want to hear that like I understand where you're coming from and like I understand your concerns. And yeah. like I've been where you are and I understand that concern and like I uh-huh. this like well, he's the connecting with the was people. So good because you the got only the... time it's good is during those exactly. stupid speeches. Because it when you when you see Willie, you see him and uh, oh crap! What was his name? The tiny, tiny Duffy. Is it that who was in the background in that shot? I don't think yet. Maybe I don't know. It, you, you see the guy who set him up. I think it was Tiny oh, it was Duffy. Tiny Duffy. Um, like reacting with semi horror to the scene that is unfolding. So that was kind of satisfying. And you see Willie really going for it. And the way they interspersed the like close up shots of the different folks from rural, generic Southern United States. Like in these multiple shots, again, as you said, I thought that was really effective. It makes editing. me angry because I'm like, clearly the cinematography could have been good, and, it and just the editing could have been good. Yeah, like... yeah, because those scenes are edited well too. Like what? Like also, what are you doing? Side note: I do appreciate that no one tried to do a southern accent in this. Because... I do wish Willie was less polished. His accent, like his locution, was so polished. That fits to me though as a guy who was like valuing education and like strove to pull himself up. But see, I would have preferred he like start less polished and, and like then, see like, him get more Lusk, polished. Exactly, Fair like enough. as law Fair school school. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of elocution, <laughs> um, it, like as soon as his law school part happened, like you can see him progressively get smoother and more like smarmy Chicago gangster. That's fair enough. I just so often I would say like ninety eight percent of the time, whenever Hollywood has people who aren't Southern doing Southern accents, it's just offensive. <laughs> and like there I can like there are so few examples I can think of it being done well by people who are not actually like from yeah. the South. Um that like I I appreciate when a movie's like, you know what, we're just not gonna do that to you. <laughs> and it, it worked okay. But again, he, he gave me like I said, Chicago gangster vibes way too heavily in some well, of those scenes. I th- I wonder if that's actually just because you associate that sort of like political control syndicate type feel with the Chicago gangsters versus understanding it in the context of the politics of the 1930s South. That's fair. Because I mean, I like that is how he runs shit. Like, his he... accent contributed to that, though. Eh. <laughs> Maybe if it's not all of it. I am watching all of these movies through my own sometimes ill-informed lens so (laughs) maggie's nodding her head but not saying that she agrees i mean it's true (laughs) um i I do want to point out too is you have this really well edited well shot scene but leading up to it you have all of this vamping at the barbecue they call it a barbecue it's like a carnival but all of this like emphasis on the fact that willie is super hungover and like spends a good I don't, minute or two sitting on a swing. Yeah, I don't need to back. watch that. Like, like telling these two little girls to go inside. Why did him? you leave that in there? All we needed was Sadie leaving the hotel room, and then we could have like had her at the stage and have Jack and bring if you Willie him, up. That's and if you all need him you need. to have another drink or something, have Jack like shove a bottle in his hand, get him to take a few sips before they leave the room. Yeah, like you could have set this up so much, so much better. Yeah. So anyway, to continue to beat this movie over the head for it's really horrendous pacing. There is one line. I don't remember exactly when it occurs, but I see it in my notes that Jack said that I kind of like, and I think it's, it's post, I think it's after Willie's 
become corrupt willy but he says you throw money around like it's money i love that line so that that is after he loses and after this montage about two years later okay gotcha that's what i thought because my note before that is a little excessive on the newspaper headlines and jack is so fucking bland so that checks out (laughs) (laughs) so that kind of cuts off in my mind like the first half of willie stark Mm -hmm. um like pre-corruption And it's summed up by that line, now I know how to win. Exactly. When he loses his first campaign. Mm -hmm. And so we get another montage. (laughs) Gonna play montage. Don't 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 play that game with this movie. (laughs) Not a good not a good game to play. (laughs) You'll be like Willie by the end. It will hurt you. Um, So oh my gosh. Literally my note is more montage. God. (laughs) So this is where you have Jack like talking us through this whole second campaign which why did i need to be talked through how willie was making backdoor deals and throwing around money like it was nothing or like as you put it maggie like it's money um but you see it's a montage of him just like they're like and there were rumors that he was making deals with people like he shouldn't have and it's just him like signing checks to like energy companies oil companies it's such a boring other types of companies I know why they did it because they needed to have fast, like press the fast forward button, but ugh, not like most of them. I'm sure there's a better way. I'm sure there was a better way to do it. Honestly, so like I'm fine with like, I'm going to say I'm fine with an average of two montages per movie. If you're getting over this is two, like five to ten times over the average. I know. If you're <laughs> if you're getting over two montages in a movie, I think you need to take a hard look at your script because at that point you're getting lazy. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Maggie throwing it down. <laughs> I I completely agree with you though, because it was a crutch for this. It was literally just to string what? together the disparate scenes that they needed to hit the high points of the book. Yeah. So Agree. Completely agree. Um, But this is when we finally get to see Willie doing being, quote unquote, successful in his bustling campaign headquarters, which is giant, by the way. I did really like the hustle and bustle there. And you saw Sadie there like talking like, boy, I need a boy here. Oh, no, you got to double space this. I can't read it here. And yeah. like, it, it was kind of enjoyable. But this is when we start to see Jack get pulled into the sphere of corruption becomes yes, like he, the research guy. Yeah, because for... he's no longer working with the newspaper because Correct. the newspaper got shut down previously or did he well just get he fired? quit because the newspaper oh, it was, was like gonna... you can't cover willie anymore exactly. and so jack quit and so now he's their quote research guy aka willie's lackey exactly he goes and like pages through old records chases Basically, down he leads dig, he digs up dirt on people he does he has his little black book mm-hmm. is and i think that's what they call it which yeah. again i think i understood what the little black book was to begin with but i also was like Maybe I could have used a little bit more of like what you actually did about digging up dirt other than you just saying about how the little black book had everything on everyone. I mean, I was fine with that. Like it didn't bother me. It becomes relevant later. Like, but that's that's what Jack's doing now. Yeah. So anyway, we're in the middle of Willie's second campaign. We return to Burden's Landing where Willie gives a speech to all of the well-to-do folks of Burden's Landing. Um, and we get some, I would say it's like, pseudo character development of adam where adam doesn't like willie yeah he's very clear yeah and he's very skeptical of him um because you know to be clear like willie has done at that point and as like governor and stuff is going to do some really great things as far as like education system Mm -hmm. public health stuff like that building all the roads according to that 
eighth montage actually having roads built like <laughs> yeah okay you know fair. those really important things that like everybody freaking uses yeah yeah <laughs> but adam is kind of adam is like our true pure moral compass in this or is supposed to be is he's that's what his character functions yeah set up as but he's very skeptical of this and he's like you know the idea of like yes you're doing all these good things but at what cost Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, how are you going to pay for this later, basically? Like, mm-hmm. is it worth it? And then we've got Anne just gazing up adoringly at Willie, like, she's never seen anything like this in her life. And I'm like, you're a grown woman. Calm down. <laughs> she was looking up at him like a lost puppy, and he had, like, a tennis ball in his hand or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it was so weird. And that is one And nobody change. called her on it either. No. Like, well, that's that the is, other thing. That is one change from... The book, I believe, I think Anne is also not a fan of Willie until she finds out all the corruption about her uncle and the judge and then is kind of like, I guess nobody's like perfect and then like kind of gravitates towards him, I believe. Ooh. I don't like that either. Yeah, I don't like either of these I just things. Write a better character. <laughs> <laughs> So we but this very... is this is when we're like, yes, Anne is clearly into Willie and Jack's still like, I think I have a shot with Anne. Right. Well, and at the very end there, Jack goes in to kiss Anne and she just like turns to the cheek and then she goes and gives a bunch of attention to Willie, which Willie's real old for her. Willie's a player and it's been established. He's real. There's a lot old of there's her. another montage of him with like pictures of various young women, like Yeah, Playboy, show off, whatever. Yeah. Like there were that that was a, another montage. Um, but then we get to actually see one of my favorite parts of the movie. And this is after he has won and is giving his victory speech. So the visuals leading up to this are amazing. If you watch one scene from this movie, please make it just this scene. So you start looking down at the crowd and it's, a, it's such a steep angle that you only see the faces of people filling the entire frame and a little bit of a... Uh, like a podium on the bottom you kind of you see willie walk in and it's like oh we did it we won and everybody like erupts into cheer you cut to some other scenes where you're now in the crowd looking up at him and you have him little guy behind this podium with the giant poster of himself behind and like honestly this scene really did actually give me some chills because it was like gorgeous and so Again, effective. Where was um, this cinematography throughout I don't know. the rest of the film? And then the third shot that they kind of intersperse in here is one in profile of Willie and two random people who, which like, I don't, why did they even have two random people mm. in that shot? So little, little complaint there, but it's okay. Where in the left hand portion, you see Willie. And then in the right, you see like a searchlight going over the Capitol buildings in this really stark contrast his <laughs> stark contrast <laughs> um between the background and willie and the characters and like i think this is maybe one of the most noir-esque visuals that i got in this film yeah at least at least that that particular scene but again loved it and the speech was amazing yeah like literally my note is the speech was too good <laughs> <laughs> so hands down my favorite scene if you watch one scene watch this scene yeah and it comes in at I think it's like around minute 45, 50 or something like that. Not that I know the pacing of this movie. No idea. Because nobody knows the pacing of this movie. They, um, the movie doesn't know the pacing of the movie. 
Um, I think the next big scene that I had to talk about is it's kind of riding off the tails where it has, I think, those like party montages, and we see a lot of like Willie being with like all the young yes. women. Yes, is it the Sadie and, scene? Yes, and it's yes. established that his wife Lucy is like not with him, like, which she is, is weird as hell to me. Like I get it. But also it was never explained and it makes me mad it was never explained. I mean, I don't think you need to explain that. Like explaining that she's not there and seeing him with all the other young women. I think we can fill in the blanks. It's like their relationship is not great. Right. We know that there's like that Sadie has a thing for him and that there's kind of been a thing there. And then you see this scene of Jack coming into the office and you hear like Sadie almost hysterical. She's flying off the handle. She's so mad because of like the woman Willie was uh, photographed with and all yeah. this stuff. And she's like, it's ridiculous. And that's when she, I think, is, is that when she's talking to Jack about like how she had smallpox as a kid? Or is that no, later? No, that was later after okay. he. But this is but... the first bit where we get the like some of Sadie's insecurities and like yes. she's brilliant and amazing at what she does. And like she has, she has been a huge part of like what has kept mm-hmm. the Willie Stark political machine like going and rising and that like how she feels about him and it's just not the same. Right. Well, and she, it was, it was really well acted. I yeah. Thought. <laughs> no, no, no. Mercedes McCambridge so, killed it. But, but then we get this immediate cut to the Pillsbury affair because obviously that is the perfect out for Willie is, Oh, somebody stuck their hand in the pork barrel and shouldn't have. We briefly get to see Anne in the lobby as they're going to confront Pillsbury about his embezzlement. But I loved seeing how Sadie reacted exactly yeah and that's the scene i think i was thinking of later too that we'll bring up again where the one with the car because there there are two main scenes that i view like sadie and anna having interactions one is with a car i was thinking of actually the one later when sadie's in jack's room and talking to him about it and she that's when she's looking in the mirror and talking about the smallpox and like how it's like that's not direct interaction no no no. but she's jack has a picture of Anne on his dresser and she's looking at that and talking about like she's so beautiful and like all that stuff so Mm -hmm. god i love sadie oh she's really good i love how she's like a real character with like real feelings and a real (laughs) arc and like i have an emotional attachment to her instead of just being like why are you on my screen flailing around like a mad person So, yeah, we get the Pillsbury Fair. Another one of the scenes that I actually really enjoyed from this movie. I didn't, from a, like, writing and plot standpoint, I was kind of meh on it. Like, it was just fine. But the way that they had Willie and Pillsbury and Sadie and Jack all staged in this room. Actually, I'm not sure Jack was there, so I take that part back. But you have Willie seated with his feet propped up, like very clearly mob boss style. I am in control here. When he has Pillsbury sign this letter of resignation, but leave the date blank. And he goes, I'll yeah. fill it in whenever I need to. And that's when the judge resigns. Yeah. So Okay, that's the part where they... Willie missed his mark. He was just off his mark on that scene where you had Jack in the background, Willie, yeah. and then Judge. And it drove me crazy because the rest of that scene was perfect <laughs> from a visual perspective. But the Judge, uh, Judge C- uh, Stanton, mm-hmm. Ann and Adam's uncle, had been a judge for Willie. Um, and he resigns right then because he's like, this is going too far. Mm-hmm. And basically, Willie's like, you're just scared because, like, you talk a big game. And now that I'm, like, telling you to actually push this legislation through and, like, you're not rule this do way, it. you're not going to do it. And the judge is like, you're missing the point, sir. Like, <laughs> but he hands in his resignation. I love the way he says it. He's like, and I'll fill out the date. Yeah. 
Well, and actually, I didn't get the part where Pillsbury didn't put a date on it from Will the it, film. Yeah, well, Willie tells him. He just says, don't put a date. Don't worry about the date. I'll fill that in when I need to. Does he really? Mm-hmm. It's a really good line. How did I miss that? Damn it. I honestly, no, no, no. The sound editing was not great on this film. Or the, the sound worst. design wasn't great because I had it wasn't some trouble. Anywhere as bad as a Broadway melody. So well, no, but I <laughs> I had some trouble with some of Sadie's lines early on because huh. she talks really fast mm-hmm. and they were getting kind of like jumbled. Interesting. So I think I it happened a couple places in the film where I just I don't think the sound design was great. We'll just put it in the flaw column and, and move on. <laughs> it's a growing <laughs> column. So after that, that's where we get the scene with Willie coming back with Anne in the car gorgeous lighting here on Anne in the actual car and they're like oh we can't be together because it's be bad for my career and I can't do a divorce and da 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 okay I'm sorry I'm like, sorry ladies of ye olden days I'm pretty sure most ladies of today know this but if you don't I guess it's for you you're too. from ye old <laughs> no <laughs> if the married guy says he can't get a divorce because it's bad for his career or like doesn't want to make a... F- if there are excuses, he's never getting the divorce. Honey, move on. Go find somebody worthy of you. <laughs> like, it, like, the never but works out. But who's actually worthy of Anne? Or rather, who is Anne actually worthy of? I, I, she, I don't know, Ian. I don't know who she is. I know nothing about her. I just know She's she She's a cardboard cutout of a human. Yes. That character is a shell of a human being. So anyway, we digress. The next major plot point, and this is kind of the point for me where um, what little interest I ended up having in this movie I developed was at this point. And that is when uh, Willie's adoptive son, Tom, who it's established is like this big uh, sports star, is in a drunk driving car accident with this girl. And it I think it just really injures her. Like she almost dies. I don't think she actually dies. Not in the crash, but she does die from she her She does injuries. die later. Yeah. Okay. And Tom is also injured but survives. And basically Willie tries to cover it up. He's like, there's nothing in the police report that says he was drunk. And the dad of the girl is like, I know he was. And Willie's just going to cover it up well, and, and not Tom make his son. Up to it yes, too. because Lucy makes Is a him. good person. It, because Lucy's like, no, he needs to like basically take mm-hmm. responsibility for what he's done. And Tom comes down and like takes responsibility for it to the father and is like, whatever you want me to do, I'll do whatever you need to do. Like do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's my fault and I shouldn't have done it. And I'm sorry. And Willie still is like trying to bribe the dad. He's like, what business are you in? And this is too where we see how far Willie has come because previously, you know, the first scene he wouldn't take a drink. He wanted an orange soda. He is downing drinks like nobody's business in front of a guy whose daughter died from complications from a drunk driving accident. Willie doesn't care. Like he's gone full villain at this point. Self-preservation. Exactly. That's why when I was like, he's a total narcissist Um, because he gets mad at Tom because he's like a guy like builds stuff for his son and all this stuff. Like he's mad at Tom for not doing what he wants Tom to do. Like, he gets mad that Tom isn't playing football because Tom's like, I can't. The doctor said I couldn't. I'm having headaches. And then Tom gets paralyzed pressures because Tom he pressured him into, into it. it. Yeah. Tom clearly still has a concussion, ends up injured and paralyzed after he's, like, hit on the field because he wasn't paying attention because of his head injury. And then that's when Adam is brought in to operate. And previously, Willie had wanted Adam to be director of his brand new hospital. Mm-hmm. Adam doesn't like Willie. No, he doesn't. Established. Yep. But he's a good person and he's going to do everything mm-hmm. he can to help Tom. But like Tom is still going to be paralyzed even right. with the operation. But that's kind of when we see the first, I guess, 
post-rejection interaction between Adam and Willie. What do you mean by post-rejection? Post-Adam saying no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like the Anne Willie affair is well established at this point, but Adam does not know about it. And at this point, he finds out though, and that that gets Jack, swirly. Jack kind of knows. It no one Sadie has like basically told Jack about it, but Jack has not had confirmation from Anne or Willie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think at that point he's confronted either of them about it. He confronts Anne later. Yeah, like way later. Yeah, but he's not at that point. Um, And then kind of the next scene that I actually really liked that I wanted to bring up was there's um, Willie and Jack watching this newsreel Mm -hmm. that's talking about Willie. And the newsreel ends with Willie Stark, Messiah or Dictator. And this is kind of where I have the biggest problem with like the themes and characters of this movie. You don't have to be one or the other. You can be both. Yeah, because he is both. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, you can be both, and they, like, never explore that. Like, they want to look, like, this This movie takes the theme of, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely, mm-hmm. but, like, only at that level. Like, it never wants to go the next level and be, like, just because you're corrupted doesn't mean you're not also still doing good things or does like the fact that you did a corrupt thing then negate any good thing that you did Mm -hmm. like how many good things do you have to have done in order to justify like this action like it never fully goes that next step like i feel like adam questions it a little bit with his like what's the price of that what's like the cost of that Mm -hmm. but it never fully explores it right well and he literally makes a deal with the devil to be the head of this new hospital because he's finally being been convinced by Anne that it's like because, okay i can do good because so. jack got dirt on the judge yeah jack willie asks jack to get dirt on the judge which jack resists doing for so long and tried to be so honorable about it i know too. but but i as much i as think the turning point for jack is when he finds out about Anne and willie's affair well, I and thought, then I think he gets the dirt, but that's when he finally he has the dirt no, on the he judge. He had the dirt before. Like I thought, the turning point was after Jack finds out that Willie knew what the dirt was, even though Jack had not told. Oh, Willie. you're right. That like, is the that felt like that is because he point. he goes to talk to Anne about the the dirt on the judge, and I don't think he doesn't quite confront her about the affair. All I remember is him like getting mad at Anne about something kind of like grabbing her by the shoulder and her just like flinging her head both ways and like she refusing did that to three look at him separate times. every single time that actress had an emotional scene someone would like usually jack would like grab her by the shoulders and then she would just like flail <laughs> in like the weirdest <laughs> way possible like, it was not it great. It was terrible. It was not Her great performance at was atrocious. All. Like even like I will give her the, her writing was bad. Not a lot to work with. That doesn't mean you have to flail around like a mad person. <laughs> yeah, it ugh, it was horrible. But yeah, so then Willie goes to the judge with the dirt. Right. Well, we since have found out that Willie had the father of the woman who died in the crash knocked off. They found the body. He's like campaigning to save himself and he has to get judges votes to survive the impeachment proceedings in mm-hmm. the state legislature. And uh, Judge Stanton has is been kind of leading the campaign against him. Yes, which good for you, Judge Stanton. Yes. But apparently Judge Stanton did something to get a first job at some company that was, I was never, never said. clear on what it was. I don't think they told us. But it was something bad enough for the well, judge to commit suicide. Well, but here's the thing. Is it like he bribed someone or he killed someone? 
<laughs> I think it's bribed. That was my, like, what I assumed, but they never said it. So I was like, well, now I'm imagining the judge knocked off, like, ten people. Like, I don't... That's a fun alternate reading. <laughs> you, have to, you have to explain these things to me or else my brain will go to the extreme. We talked about this on a, <laughs> on a particular other episode. <laughs> um, but but that, that whole scene there, again... Well, and that's where Jack's like, who told Willie uh-huh. about it? I actually loved the writing in this scene. Like, no, 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 no. It's earlier when he finds out that Anne and Willie are having the affair because he confronts Anne about the affair when he tells her about the dirt on the judge. Because Willie knew that Adam turned down the job. And Jack is like, who told you Adam turned down the job? Because, like, Adam told Jack no, and the only other person in the room was Anne. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did know about the affair sooner, and he confronts Anne about the affair when he's telling her about the dirt on the judge, and then Anne flails around like an idiot. There we go. (laughs) Sorry. No, see, I'm talking about the fact that Willie knew about the dirt on the judge, because Jack was Oh, Jack wasn't going to tell. Right, which... Jack knows and told exactly, and then That's the judge like the end of it. The judge commits suicide, which mm-hmm. I do want to talk briefly about the shot when. So Willie, can I talk through that whole scene really, really? Okay, fast? yeah, we'll talk through the whole scene because the staging again I thought was fantastic. Where it was clear by the way Willie was moving through the room and just sitting back again like a mob boss, mm-hmm. he is the one in charge of this scene. But what immediately happens when the power dynamic is flipped to the judge is you get both of them standing up and the judge is like, no, you'll get my answer tomorrow. Says it twice. Yeah. Because Willie's like, I want it tonight. So, He's like, no. I and that... I knew, I knew, I didn't remember from the book, but I knew immediately. I, was yeah. like, I know what the judge is going to do. But I loved that directorial because, choice. Because, right, yes. It was staged nicely and it's staged nicely afterwards when you have Willie, Jack, Sadie, and like one other guy out in the hall Adam and Anne come through the front door and they're like, what are you doing here? And you can tell by her face clearly knows what they were doing there. Adam's like, what? They're like, make some excuse. And I was like, okay, whatever. And like starts to go upstairs. You hear the gunshot through the door. Everyone freezes except Adam who pushes his way through the other people to get in that room first. And as he goes through them, the rest of them start to move. And I was like, you can tell one, the person who didn't know what was happening and two, the only good person left on this screen yeah. as Adam. And then, of course, Adam comes out and he's like yelling at Jack and he's like, you said you wouldn't tell the dirt on the judge, like, screw you. And Jack's like, yeah, I kept my word and then looks at Anne. And then uh-huh. Adam's like mad at Anne and like shakes her. and He's like, what did you do? And then she and just she flails. flails. So the rest of the movie is mostly waiting in the crowd for this impeachment proceeding to finish. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, a part where I think we really could have cut out some fat. Yes. Maybe you could make the argument that making the audience wait to get the answer was a choice done so that you felt like the characters. But Well, here's the thing. Oh, my gosh. So Jack arrives there and is like, we arrive and it's daytime. And Jack Mm -hmm. is like, have you seen Dr. Stanton? Because he knows Adam's really upset. While he's asking, you know, the security, like, watch out for Dr. Stanton, he runs into Anne and Anne's like, Adam hit me. Which, like, you shouldn't hit other people. But also, Anne, like, let's focus on, like, what actually happened here for a minute. You were, like, giving information that you shouldn't have been giving and your uncle committed suicide and, like, all you have done is nothing this entire film because you're not a real character. Like, again, I was having zero... Well, here's my thing, is I was like, you have zero sympathy with Anne at all and it would be a lot more interesting of a film if you had sympathy with Anne, but you have none for her because she has no established character traits 
at all this entire film. And all she can say is that Willie Stark was like no one she had ever met before. And yeah. it's like, and like, I'm not buying it. Like, it's just, it's stupid. There's, we weren't given any reason for her to feel that way. Like, I, I, it makes me like, I don't, I guess mad. I don't even know if I have enough feeling to call it anger at her. If I can summon You're that just much disappointed. emotion. I'm, I'm angry that the character is so flat because I'm like, that could have been such a good mm-hmm. opportunity and such a good writing opportunity to have us like care for Anne as like this character who like you got wrapped up in this emotion and like the same way that all these other people did mm-hmm. and you did stuff that you regret and that you r- didn't realize that like you were doing and that like you didn't know what the outcome would be and like you fucked up but Anne won't say that she fucked up yeah. all she'll be is like Adam hit me fix it <laughs> yeah and then she wants Jack to fix it yeah really we get this whole scene waiting turns day to night we learn that Willie has beaten the impeachment proceedings. Mm-hmm. I love how they said Willie has won. It was the announcement. Like, I thought that was an interesting way to put or it. Or was it we have won? I think it was uh, Willie Stark has won. Is okay. Like, I l- wrote it down because I was like, this is because an interesting way to put it. he's saying over, or the, one of his people over the loudspeaker is telling the, like, mob outside that's supporting him, mm-hmm. like, don't leave. Like, pressure them into not impeaching him, which is when you get from being, like, the good man of the people to the like you're now using the people yeah, as your own personal exactly. mob. But he comes out gives the most Susian speech I have ever heard. They did not like what I did. Do you like what I have done? <laughs> like this what was a the psycho. <laughs> no, it seriously was like of all of the eloquent speeches he's given. This is all you have to say at the end of this movie when we're supposed to be reaching like the climax. Oh, also, one more complaint about Anne. She's like, (laughs) I'm through with him. And I love that Jack goes, who's through with who? And basically, Willie broke up with her. Like, she didn't even break up with Willie. He blackmailed her uncle into committing suicide. And, like, she's like, he dumped me. Like, what the fuck? Maggie feels very strongly about this. get any higher? Maybe if you try really hard. (laughs) I'm not going to do that to our listeners. So... Anyway, Adam kills Willie. In the most unclimactic death slash ending of a you film. You have the Dr. Seuss, do you like eggs and ham speech? Of my life. And then he's walking back through the door talking to Jack. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he looks over and Adam's just there by a pillar. And he goes, oh, hello, Dr. Stanton. And then Adam shoots him. Like, we didn't see Adam sweating it out on the sidelines anywhere. There was no tension where, like, we knew Adam was somewhere in the building and, like, the speech is going well, on. Because we knew or- the security was going to stop him. Obviously, because no, that's we what we knew what was going to happen. But like, you could have built tension for me know. visually. I knew, and I, I still was like, "This sucks." <laughs> and then, of course, Willie's like bodyguards slash the police shoot Adam, and screams and cries, and goes to her. initially Jack and Anne go to Adam, and you're like, as it should be, and then Anne just like wants to go towards Willie, and you're like, "Oh my God, stop!" And Jack pulls her away into yeah. a beautifully lit doorway. Yeah, and then um, she's like catatonic <laughs> and wants to leave. And he's like, okay. Wait for me here. She did wait for you the first time, dude. She's not going to wait for you there. I know. Well, or she's like, I want to go. And he goes, and do what? Which I was like, very astute, Jack, that you're like, um, How we about have we not? A, an emotionally traumatized person here. Let's keep an eye. Yeah. Um, But he's basically like, the only thing we can do is keep living. And he gives this kind of trite speech about all those people out there. Like we have to show them what Willie was really like. And it's like, 
<sighs> and then we get the horrendous, like, Willie, why did you do this to me speech from Willie as he's dying? Yeah, like, because Jack goes over there, like, he, Sadie are all crowded around, and Willie's doing some sort like, of, what like, was I supposed to get out of weird that? monologue to himself. It honestly reminded me of Ziegfeld's dying speech in Great <gasps> Ziegfeld. It did. And he, well, and my whole thing is, like, what was the whole point of this? Are we supposed to say, and then he just slumps over off frame. And then we see the end and celebrate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, that ending didn't give me anything. No. It gave me nothing. For a movie that had so many long montages and so many, like, languishing bits of nothing, to Mm. not spend... Languishing nothings. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) To not spend time on the actual climax of the film... It's just so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Completely. They glossed over it. I mean, sort of like we, well, no, we didn't gloss over it. No, we spent too much time talking about it, quite (laughs) frankly. So anyway, we were not fans of this movie. No. And I honestly, I think a huge issue, like I, okay, it could have been the best editing in the world. I'm still going to be mad about the character of Anne and how underdeveloped she is Mm -hmm. and that actress's performance. Like, I'm still not going to like John Ireland's performance. Like those are things that regardless of editing, but I think the editing fiasco really, really hurt the film. Yeah. Editors are hugely important to films and I don't think they get enough credit, but a director sitting there and being like, I don't know how to make choices on my own film and give you any guidance, any real effective guidance and just being like, uh, just pick the center of the scene and cut like here and here and we'll just go with it. That's horrible. That it's, It is literally throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like you're just saying we need to cut real. So we're going to not really care what we cut. It's complete indecision on like your own creative project because he like wrote, produced and directed. So it wasn't like he was a director brought onto someone else's film that he didn't have that much of a stake in. Like Rossum clearly had a stake in this, like to then... I guess cave to your own indecision in kind of a way that I think really, really damaged the project. Yeah. Obviously, the Academy at the time disagreed with me. Well, but it, that's fine. The Academy doesn't have to always agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> if only. I mean, then we wouldn't have a podcast if it did. So I guess moving into our lists, I hated this movie and do not think it should have won Best Picture. And I'm putting it at number 19. Damn. It is behind Cimarron and before Great Ziegfeld. So 22 for me is Broadway Melody, 21 is Cavalcade, 20 is Great Ziegfeld, and 19 is All the King's Men. Editing was unforgivable. The only reason it's not lower is because of Sadie and Willie's acting. Yeah, I mean. That is the only reason that I have moved it up at all. I think I'm putting it as my new number 19. So same as me. No, no, not 19. New number 18. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Behind Going My Way and Before the Great Ziegfeld. Okay, I'm okay with that. I think Going My Way didn't have nearly as many problems as this film, even if it was less It had compelling. a lot of problems, but, like, it was coherent. <laughs> it didn't have fundamental, like, breaking issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was more coherent, and, like, I, in, I don't, there was more that I enjoyed about it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Whereas I really had a hard time finding stuff I enjoyed. Like, literally, the things I enjoyed about this movie. Roger Crawford as Willie Stark. Mercedes McCambridge as Sadie. The speech scenes. 
That's all I got. Oh, I thought you were going to go on. No. Um. <laughs> like, that's literally it. Like, it's those three things and then, like, everything else in the movie I really didn't like. Yeah. So, basically, I, I'm i of the opinion that don't need to bother with this movie. You just watch the speech after he wins governor. Like, And I think a huge part is that, like, this movie, like I said, it never really fully explores the theme, but it touches on a couple nice themes. But we've seen movies that have touched on similar themes that have done such a better job of them mm-hmm. for what, like, as we've watched movies for this podcast. So I think that's also a huge factor because I could see where somebody might be, like, very much drawn to the themes of this, but it's like we've just seen them done in better ways. Totally agree. I, again, I'm not watching Mutiny it again. on the Bounty as far as Mutiny on the power. Bounty was like a lot If better. you want to talk about someone who's in a position of power and abusing it and like that kind of thing, like Mutiny did a better job. Exactly. Well, and it, the people that you want to get their comeuppance like Person in power did. going insane. Hamlet did a better job. <laughs> Visually a million times more interesting Exactly. So don't spend your time on this. I guess unless you're a fan of the book, but then I don't know. It might make you angry. Because of the butchering that they did of the yeah. actual book. <laughs> Again, this would probably, again, like, if we're I, having a list of worst like, adaptations. Putting, putting aside me not liking the book, mm-hmm. like, the adaptation is terrible. Because they would leave in pieces of storylines, but not just, like, either keep in or remove the subplot. Mm-hmm. Like, they're again, like, the lack of choice and, like, just making choices is maddening. I hated it. So. Okay. <laughs> so that's where we stand on this one. Next time, I believe, you guys get ready because it's going to be a good one. <laughs> I believe it's all about Eve. You're correct. It's all about Eve. Get excited, you guys. That's going to be a good episode. At first, it was just because I was like, eh, I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to go into these blind. Now, I kind of like going into these movies blind. I like you going into them blind, too, because then I get to like drop a little nuggets of knowledge. <laughs> and I think it's easier for you to go in blind than for me to go in blind because a lot of them I've seen before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so no, I'm excited. So in the meantime, if you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Best Pictures Pod on both. You can also email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com if you want to like give us more like long form feedback. Uh, speaking of feedback, please rate subscribe review especially like reviewing and rating uh that will definitely help us and help more people find us um and that's also a great way to provide us with some feedback uh maybe like maggie please don't reach that decibel again um when you're angry at a film or uh you know if it's something you like like maybe ian please talk to us more about like cinematography and camera angles so but yeah that's a great way to do that yeah thanks for listening and join us next time for all about eve Ooh, i'm so excited <laughs>